I am going to make a community out of this. And I really feel like that's how everything can be in life. Like you can make the choice to sort of really be involved in things like as much as you want to be. And that's however much you put in is however much you're gonna get out. Hi, I'm Hannah Jane. And I'm Sierra, and this is Detached. We're two women in our mid-20s who have a lot to say about literally everything. We try to focus on what we have learned through our emotional and spiritual growth. We're here to have open, vulnerable, and sometimes pretty hard conversations with each other. Just a reminder, we don't speak for any 12-step programs. All we have are our own stories to share. We are so excited to go on this journey with you all. Let's get to it. Hello, and welcome back to Detached. I'm Hannah Jane. And I'm Sierra. We're going to be talking a little bit about fear today. I think this is a good topic because there's so much to say. Um, I know that it, it seems that a lot of the feedback we've received or that people are really enjoying when we talk about stories, you know, connected to the topic. So I think we're kind of going to be focusing on fear in our lives today. Mm-hmm. Um, right you know, all we have are our own stories to share. So that's what we're here to do with you guys. But do you want to start us off maybe with a loose topic um, on fear and then we can start sharing some stories? Yeah. Um, I think it's really interesting to think about fear because I think it's so normalized in our society. Like, oh, well, like, you know, I, I didn't do that because like, you know, I was just scared of this happening or like, well, what if that happened? Um, and I think when you start to really think about it, like Hannah Jane, like, you know, you're, you said your dad says, like, well, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. And, you know, I think there there is just a lot of freedom in that because you really start to when you ask yourself that you really start to look at situations differently. Like, well, why would I let my fears stop me from living my life to the fullest? So um, I recently listened to this podcast, which I think it's kind of a perfect example. Um, it was like the Kathy Heller podcast about um, the episode with Jennifer Cohen. And uh, Jennifer Cohen talks all about, you know, how basically that she sort of asks herself, like, okay, is the fear of, like, which one's bigger? The fear of you know, living life and regretting not doing something or the fear of doing something and failing, which it's so good because it's just like, like, that's such a good question to ask yourself. Like, are you, you know, more scared of just trying it, going for it and like maybe failing, which when you fail, you always learn something anyways. Like it's always going to be a lesson. Um, Or, like, is that fear of, like, not doing it and then regretting and being like, oh, what could have happened, you know, bigger. And so, for me, that's been, like, a huge way for me to, like, move past fear. Yeah, well, you are one of the few people that I know that you're, you're, like, the confidence that you have in the way that you speak, (laughs) no, is, like, so incredible. I mean, it's it's a good lesson for me to kind of watch you interact with the world because it helps Mm -hmm. me become more confident in myself um, and also helps me try and eliminate those fears that 
really just like shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. You know, I am, I am a, I'm a recovering perfectionist as well. <laughs> um, and if I don't do something perfect the first time, I get like anxiety of mm-hmm. I'm a failure. Like I've let everyone down. When really it's a learning lesson. It's a right. lesson learned. Right. And I don't like to make the same like mistake twice. If I do, it's okay. I'm learning. Mm-hmm. But. It just the word failure is so weird because I feel like in school from such a young age we're taught that failing is so bad mm. it's the worst thing mm-hmm. that you can do so we're we're literally raised from these like tiny little people into these adults where failing has never been a word of encouragement you know mm-hmm. um but now I think we're doing a lot of work to kind of detangle what right. fear means to us because I'm less scared of failing now because I don't really think of it as quote unquote failing, but more of like evolving and learning Mm. a lesson. Mm -hmm. I wasn't born with all of the knowledge in the world. Isn't that crazy to think about? (laughs) You know? Yeah. Right. (laughs) So that's just something to think about. (laughs) Yeah. No. And thank you for saying that. I mean, I thinking about the kind of person and the way I carried myself like over the last 10 years is super crazy. Um, especially thinking about in college, I had really bad social anxiety, like in college, like there were definitely a couple semesters where I almost failed a lot of my classes. Cause I literally could not get past the anxiety of like going and sitting in a class and having to like interact with people. Like that's so crazy to think about now because now I just like thrive off of interacting with people that I don't know. Like I love it. And um it's, so cool. it's it's crazy to yeah. think about. Like just thinking back and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I had so much fear every day." And in the moment like when you're experiencing that, like it feels so big and insurmountable. Like you can't it's just it feels impossible. Oh my god. Um yeah. and I think with the like addiction stuff, like for me, it was sort of you know, I relied a lot on benzos, like anti-anxiety medications to like get me through. And I also, you know, when you're withdrawing from alcohol dependence, um, it gives you a ton of anxiety too. So it was like this really icky cycle of like drinking and then benzos and then, you know, all this stuff. But, um, you know, I, I mentioned that because it's like, that was, wasn't a, it wasn't a fix, right? Like it was such a temporary fix that actually made it worse. And I'm not a doctor or anything. I studied a little bit of neuroscience in college, but didn't retain a lot of it. So, <laughs> so I can't. We are not yeah, experts. We are not experts. I can't speak to, you know, um, like anti-anxiety medication, just my own personal experience. For me, it did not. Um, it didn't get to the root of why I had those fears and why I had that anxiety being in school. Um, and like today, I feel like the way that I approach the world is that everybody has something to offer. Oh, yeah. And that I I have the opportunity to like learn from everybody that I meet And it's really cool. Like, it's everybody's got a story. And so I feel like, um, you know, like when I joined Orange Theory, like I made a point. I know. I'm obsessed with Orange Theory. (laughs) She like. (laughs) I am. It is like my lifeline. No, I love. I literally love that for you, but it's like 
It's like Sierra Orange Theory. <laughs> it's like we're, yeah, one in the same. Um, No, but like when I joined like last summer, like I really was like, I am going to make a community out of this. And I really feel like that's how everything can be in life. Like you can make the choice to sort of really be involved in things like as much as you want to be. And that's however much you put in is however much you're going to get out. So for me, like I was like, okay, like I'm going to, I'm seeing these same people every time. Like I'm going to get to know their name. I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to see how they're doing, how their weekend was like, and just sort of really make that connection with those people. And like, also I just love all the coaches and like, you know, the time and the energy that they put in, like, I'm so grateful for Orange Theory and that would not exist without the coaches and like all those people there. And so it's like just such a, it's such a place of gratitude and like wanting to acknowledge those people as like for who they are too and just being grateful for it. And so I think it's less of like a, oh, like I'm just like a little social, social butterfly and more like I appreciate everybody around me not all the time, but I try to appreciate everybody around me and really, <laughs> really, you know, make those connections with them because like what's there, there's no fear in it, right? Yeah. Like it's just whatever, you know, That's, I love that for you because no, and I, I, I truly do because <laughs> Because, like, I feel like what I'm going through right now is very... It's something that I haven't really experienced a lot of my life because I'm, like, a pretty extroverted person. Mm -hmm. If you know me, I'm, like, pretty loud. I don't really hold back with what I want to say. You know, and I I love that personality trait. And then COVID hit. Mm -hmm. And I got, like... I mean, I feel like everyone kind of got stuck at home. And I feel like I, I haven't necessarily broken that... I don't know whatever it is, but I have like pretty bad social anxiety Mm -hmm. now where when I was meeting my partners, like friends and stuff, I had so much anxiety meeting them. And I remember I was on the phone, I think with you and then my uh, best friend from home and kind of having similar conversations of like, what if they don't like me? What if they don't think I'm good? Like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my God, Hannah Jane. You're who you are. Yeah. They can like they can love you or not for whatever yeah. reason. You are who you, like mm-hmm. you can't change that. Yeah. And that took away that fear and it helped me kind of bring my confidence into meeting those people mm-hmm. and they're all like really amazingly cool human yeah. beings and I love them and I was so scared of like I don't I don't know. I just had this intense fear of meeting these people. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so weird. I'm great with, like, complete strangers. I can start a conversation with probably anyone. Mm-hmm. But if, like, I kind of know you, I'm like, hi, like, I'm here. Nice mm-hmm. to meet you. Right. Um, so I'm, like, I'm still working on that. You know, I started doing CrossFit a few months ago. Also a personality <laughs> trait. Um, <laughs> we have Orange Theory and CrossFit over here. No, but I feel like I haven't been very involved in the community because I've had a hard time staying consistent. Mm-hmm. And I'm taking a month off because of my elbow injury, which <laughs> I literally hate saying that because it doesn't seem real, but it is real. Thank you. Um, 
And I think one of the commitments I'm going to try to make to myself is to be more a part of that community because those people are really, really cool and really great. And I want that sense of community again, you know, Mm -hmm. with what I do. I mean, I work completely remotely. June is my only source of contact throughout the day, you know, and I think so I'm kind of working through that social anxiety Mm -hmm. now. Um, I think it's been really helpful for me to, you know, go to my Al-Anon meetings and meet Mm -hmm. new people and, you know, be of service in ways that I can because then I'm putting myself out there. Right. Um, So it's a slow roll, but it's still going. It's, you know, not something that um, has come naturally to me in the past maybe year or two. And that feels very unnatural because... I am such a loud, expressive, extroverted person, mm-hmm. um, but I also love my alone time. You know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's, I don't know. I feel it's kind of this uncomfortable, like uncomfortability with fear right now because I'm like, oh, there's nothing to be scared of. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have a great time no matter what you do. But part of me is like, but what if this happens? And then this happens and then that happens. I am, like, really good at creating futures that mm-hmm. don't exist. Yep. And probably never will. <laughs> yeah, and probably never will. <laughs> me, so, me too. That's yeah. why I say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I mean, I think there's always more work to do. Mm-hmm. That's where I think a lot of mine lies right now is with that social anxiety and with those futures that don't exist. Yeah. Um, but, Yeah. Yeah, you brought up a really good point, Um, and I think I completely understand, too, and I also think that probably resonates with a lot of people with COVID and stuff, because it really did get, like, just completely diminished so much of that social interaction, you know, and and I think it's, it's so hard to go from, like, one drastic, you know, change to the other, um... Uh, I also was thinking about, you know, something you told me. So I recently, just recently went on a date. <laughs> Say it louder. Uh, the people yeah. in the back so, <laughs> um, Which was really nerve wracking. And like, it was so interesting because, you know, I, I was like in a similar place I was like why am I anxious like I do not really get anxious about things like I get I definitely can get fearful like and I can get stressed and I overthink but I like that you know stomach anxiety like doesn't happen to me there's not too many things that give me that anymore um and I'm so grateful for that because that used (laughs) to be a a day-to-day reality so I am very grateful to not feel that and so I'm very aware of when I do And I just was like, oh my God, like, why do I feel this way? Like, I know logically, like what you were saying, I'm like, I know logically, like that whatever happens, happens. Like if I go on this date and it's like not the right thing, um, you know, it doesn't really matter because I'm going to have a great experience. Like it's a good opportunity. I get to meet a really cool person and like, and then so what? Like, you know, like there's literally no bad outcomes in this like why am I anxious um and you pointed out to me you're like you're doing something new for the first time in like four years and um just sit with that like like I literally was gaslighting myself (laughs) into 
not feeling anxious. I was like, you shouldn't be feeling this way. Like, why are you doing that? Like, you know, and, and I think it's so true. Like, same thing. Like, you know, why, why do we make ourselves feel bad for having certain emotions? And so you reminded me, like, just sit with it, like figure out why you're feeling that way. Sit with it, let it move through your body and then, you know, move on. I think that's, that's the key is that like, Feeling it, being okay with it, not shaming yourself for having a certain emotion, but then still like being able to move through it, not getting stuck in it. And that's the difference, you know? Oh my God. A hundred bajillion percent. I love that. I, uh, this, you talking about that kind of, um, I have a little light bulb in my head, a little Mm -hmm. story. Yeah. But when I started date, or I don't even think I was dating, um, my my boyfriend yet but uh I was like starting to meet some of his friends and we were going to this party and I was like oh god a party (laughs) (laughs) like immediately like yeah and we got in the lobby and some of his friends were already there and we were like all hanging out at their apartment before we got in the lobby I looked at him and I was like hey like I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go (laughs) he was like what and I was like yeah, I'm just, like, really tired. I think I just, like, need to leave. Mm-hmm. So I left. I oh, was my gosh. In, I was in the lobby of this apartment building, like, going up to this. Yeah. I was full of fear and yeah. anxiety. I was yeah. like, I literally can't do this. This is too much for yeah. me. Like, I haven't had this this much social interaction in, like, two years. Yeah. And I felt really okay doing that because mm-hmm. he didn't think it was free. He was like, yeah, like go do what you gotta yeah. do. And you know, I got home and I was fine. And I I think part of me was like, oh, he's going to be mad at me. Mm. He was like, no, yeah, like, you didn't want to go. Like, yeah. why would I make you go? Yeah. Um, but a part of me, you know, like I knew that I had that fear, but I also knew like I couldn't address it right then and there. Right. Like that was a problem for not that moment. Mm-hmm. Because I knew if I had gone through with it, I probably would have had a great time and it would have been fine. But it just, that feeling like was very overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And my anxiety kind of comes on really fast sometimes. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, I'm totally fine. Oh my God, I'm so anxious. It's insane. Like I want to vomit. So yeah, I don't know why that's like had me thinking about that little moment. But fear is kind of, an insane emotion because mm-hmm. it's such a big one mm-hmm. and it shows up in like really random ways which can be a little overwhelming sometimes but I think what you were saying you know letting it move through your body and sitting with it mm-hmm. and not shaming yourself for it <laughs> because I know that we're all good at that yeah I know that I'm really good at that yeah and I don't I don't like to be mad at myself I don't think that's a fun thing to do mm-hmm. because I'm a human being. I'm just I'm just trying to do my best out here. Right. And by shaming myself for an emotion that's totally normal, I'm like invalidating my own emotion. Right. Fair to myself. Right. So. Yeah. So I love what you just said because you know you gave a perfect example of how you made the choice in that moment to do what you needed to do to take care of yourself. Like you didn't force yourself to do something that made you feel really uncomfortable. Um, I think uncomfortability is important, but like, you know, to an extent, right? Yeah. And I think, um, 
you know, at the end of the day, like it really comes down to like our core beliefs about ourselves. My, my therapist that I had a little while ago was like so good at making me do this. Um, I remember the first example was I was, so I had this therapist in rehab and then started our own practice. And then I started going to her like after, but so the first time she had me sort of get to the core belief of something was, you know, we were talking when I was in treatment and she was like, so like what, you know, write down like one of your fears. And I was like, oh, fear that I'll like relapse and then I'll drink again. And she was like, okay, like, so why? Like, why do you have that fear? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, God, like who wouldn't have that fear? Right. And she was like, yeah. So she's like, what if you did? And I was like, oh my God, like that would be the end of the world. And she's like, yeah. So like, what would actually be the reality if you did? And I was like, I don't know. Like I would, I would end up back here again. Like my, you know, my family would be disappointed in me. And, and she was like, right. And so then like, what would that mean for you? What would that mean? Like, how how would that represent you right how would other people see you (laughs) and I was like oh and I was like well they think that I like failed and that I couldn't do it right it always comes back down to I was like have this fear of you know not not being or like looking good enough right like not being who I present myself to be Mm -hmm. and so that was huge for me to be like oh, you know, like, and it sort of just took me through those steps of like, okay, yeah, here's the fear. But like, what does that really mean? Where is it coming from? Right. So I feel like similarly, like, you know, if you have the fear of like, you know, going and like doing that, like meeting, you know, his friends and stuff, like what's the core belief behind that, that that comes from, right? You know, it's so interesting because I feel like when we start talking about our fears and our anxieties, when, you know, we ask, you know, those surface level questions and then they kind of get down to, you know, like the bones, mm-hmm. um, the meat of it. And <laughs> <laughs> back to the meat of it. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but, you know, it kind of starts revealing my own insecurities about myself. Mm-hmm. I, for some reason, am not very scared of failing myself, but I'm scared of failing everyone around me. Right. Um, I'm like, oh, well, if I don't do this, this person's not going to think highly of me here, blah, 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 Mm -hmm. whatever. I am so thankful for my parents because they did not put a lot of academic pressure on me during my schooling years. Mm -hmm. Um, I put all that pressure on myself. (laughs) And, you know, my parents did a really... I think, fantastic job of, you know, reminding me that getting an A was not everything. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm a very artistic person at heart, and they really fostered that artistry in me, and I'm very thankful for that. So I put so much academic pressure on myself to the point where I would, like, I would make myself physically ill, Mm. you know? Like, Mm -hmm. I would... I was sick, like, all the time in high school. I remember just, like, colds and flus and everything because I was so stressed and so – I had so much anxiety Mm. about failing anything because I wasn't necessarily scared about failing my parents because I knew that they didn't have that anxiety. I was so, like – I was so stressed out about failing because 
I didn't want to look like a failure to my friends, to my teachers, to whatever. I was like, well, if I don't do good here, I won't do well on this test and this, Mm. you know, creating those false Mm -hmm. realities, those false futures that don't happen and didn't happen. They Mm -hmm. didn't exist. Right. Um, So that was pretty intense. Mm -hmm. But I'm very, very thankful, you know, because I know that a lot of people don't have parents that are like that. So shout out to mine. Thank you guys. (laughs) Very appreciative. Um, but it was hard. I put so much pressure on myself for, to kind of be this perfectionist. And, you know, I, I started to learn people actually like it when you ask them for help. Mm -hmm. People like sharing their knowledge, you know, Mm -hmm. I love it when people ask me questions. I'm like, yes. Right. Like, that's awesome. Oh my God. So cool that you're thinking that way. Right. Here's what I think. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I was told there's no such thing as a stupid question. And I was like, well, just wait until you get to know me because I have a, no, I'm <laughs> kidding. But I ask a ton of questions mm-hmm. and that's something that I really attribute to um, school that I went to called Gateway. Mm-hmm. And that school really helped me um, kind of evolve into this independent thinker. And I'm forever grateful for those skills because it helped me kind of vocalize what I needed. Mm -hmm. And it helped me become this inquisitive, curious person where Mm -hmm. I love asking questions. And that fear, that I had such a fear of asking for help when I was Mm -hmm. younger. Mm -hmm. And I still had a lot of fear when I was in high school and college, but... You know, that lesson kind of came with me through life and has helped me so much. Mm-hmm. But fear is just kind of crazy. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Tangent. No, no, no. <laughs> no, that's good. That's that's what we're here for. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, too, like, fears show up so much in relationships and, like, have such an impact on relationships, right? Like, something that came into my mind was you know, again, when I was talking to my therapist, um, about my like last relationship, you know, like you said, like I, I wasn't too keen on asking for help because I was like, well, if I ask for help, then that means that there's something wrong. And if there's something wrong, then somebody's going to know there's something wrong. And then if I choose to stay in this situation, then somebody thinks, you know, oh, like you're making a bad choice. And, And so, um, (laughs) that's crazy, first of (laughs) all. Um, but you know, the other thing too, like when, when we were doing like our work in therapy was like, I figured out that I had sort of this core belief of like, you know, um, like, well, I don't, I don't want to look stupid. Right. Like, I don't want to look like, oh, I should have known better. And that, that I feel like came into play so much because, you know, at the time, like in that relationship, like my partner was lying to me about, um, you know, uh, using and, and like, you know, had relapsed and stuff. And I just was like, you have to tell me the truth because like, I have to know, you know, and it came from this fear of being like, I can't look stupid. Like I can't look like, oh, you know, no, like they said, they they're sober and like it's all good and then like you know turn around I find out they weren't it's like it felt like that's a poor reflection on me like I you know I should have known better right and like 
that's so crazy. <laughs> like that, like hit a core nerve mm. for me. This conversation is bringing up a lot of yeah. childhood yeah, trauma, right? Um, but I went to a. Uh, I I don't really know how to describe it, but it was um, a school for kids who, you know, maybe were gifted in some areas and had, you know, other areas that they needed to work on. But I went to a speech therapist and a bunch of stuff. Um, And then I went to this school because I was diagnosed with executive functioning disorder, um, which was kind of something I still am like, what is that? I don't really (laughs) understand how that has affected Mm -hmm. my life, but it has. And the school I went to really helped me kind of hone in my skills Mm -hmm. and then kind of understand, you know, where I needed to work on and then how I could, you know, use what I'm really good at to kind of help those areas. Mm -hmm. And um, then I went to a quote-unquote mainstream school, which just seems like a crazy thing to say, but, like, that's what it was said to me, and I was like... This, like, doesn't make me feel great. Thanks, guys. And I was in this program called the Jumpstart Program, and which also seems kind of crazy. (laughs) And it was just, like, you know. And um, so I felt really stupid. Mm. And because people literally would say, like, oh, they would just – people are mean, okay? People in high school, they're not always very nice. And they're – I just – it made me feel really stupid, And so I feel like for a lot of my life, I have been trying to prove to everyone that I'm not stupid, even to myself. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm not, I know I'm not Mm -hmm. stupid. And what an unhealthy thing Mm -hmm. to think about yourself. Mm -hmm. And what a crazy thing. Like, you know, as you said earlier, we all have something very valuable to offer. Right. And like my differences are my, like, are some of, like, the best qualities about me. Right. You know? And they're why I have, how I have thrived. Mm -hmm. How I thrived in grad school. And Mm -hmm. call, like, why I'm here. Yeah. You know? So, to all those people that were mean, (laughs) that wasn't very cool. But. But thank you. (laughs) But thank you because I'm here now and I know I'm not (laughs) stupid. And it also, you know, makes me realize that. When I have a question, I don't care if Mm -hmm. someone thinks it's a dumb question because it's not dumb to me. Right. And if it's not dumb to me, it's not dumb, Mm -hmm. you know, because I need an answer. Right. Um, And that comes with like anything, I think, in life. Uh, But yeah, so I think, I think uh, one of, one of like the big things that I've talked about in therapy and just in life is like little Hannah Jane, Mm, you know, like talking back to your like little self and I wish, I wish, I mean, I don't wish I could go back because I'm so thankful for everything that I went through to get here, but I wish I could tell, like, my little younger self that you are so genuinely intelligent, (laughs) you are so strong and so smart, and just, like, don't let anyone kind of dim that light, you know? Um, I've had... I've had a negative feedback on my personality because mm-hmm. I can be, you know, loud. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember my first boyfriend in college, like some of his friends didn't like me. And I was like, okay, well, I really don't care. Like, that's right. literally not my problem. 
but it made me feel really bad about myself because mm-hmm. I was like, oh God, do I have to like be quiet or do mm-hmm. I have to do this? Once I, once I kind of recognized that I am who I am, oh my God, the world really opened up. Right. 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 Um, so little Hannah Jane, you're beautiful and kind and smart. And they love you. <laughs> That's so sweet. I'm over here crying. Um, <laughs> um, it's such a good, it's such a good point because it's like, if you do think about, you know, and I know that was like not too long ago, like an Instagram real trend of like, you know, talking about, well, like, you know, when you talk to yourself poorly um, or you, you're hard on yourself and critical, like, remember you're talking to like little you. Yeah. You know, like, like, would you say that to yourself as a oh, child? And it's breaks like, my heart. <laughs> I know. But it's so true, though, because you would never, you would never talk that way um, to yourself or, like, a child or anybody. And even thinking about, like, you know, to think about you or, like, how, how your best friend would describe you, right? Like, yeah. you know, you say that and I just think about, like, the way I would describe you to somebody is, like, this amazing, you know, just a ray of sunshine and like you're you're so like you are just who you are and I just love everything about you and so it's like when you think of it in that way like when we're hard on ourselves like think about how you know somebody who really loves us would describe us and talk about like they would never like say those things and um and so it's a really good reminder to be like oh my gosh like you know, really just sort of looking at where, where those, where that like self-criticism comes from and like how, how harmful it can be. And like that you would never talk about somebody you love that way. And and there's no reason like to talk about yourself in that way, you know? Yeah. So, God, I'm like literally (laughs) crying over here. No, Uh, I think, I think I struck a nerve with you. No, never tell a child the things that we, you know, tell ourselves now sometimes. Um, So I think it is important to remind ourselves that we're literally only human. Mm -hmm. Mistakes happen. They're learning experiences. You're not stupid. Like, little Hannah Jane, little little Sierra, we're not. (laughs) (laughs) Little Sierra with her bangs and her bowl cut. (laughs) Literally same. Same. It was like a universal haircut. (laughs) Like, like a cross, we hope that it would yeah. work, but it didn't. Yeah. Oh my god, Honestly, I cried. But I, <laughs> I will say, I look kind of adorable with it. Yeah. And then yeah. I tried bangs in college and was like, Whoa. no, <laughs> not as cute as it was. Oh my gosh. Oh, <laughs> oh so good. God. Well, that was a good little crying. Session. Yeah, needed to get that out. Oh. But I think another fear that I think both of us. Um, want to talk about mm-hmm. and we have is kind of fear of being alone mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I think for me my fear of being alone is like a very existential like, little mm-hmm. crisis moment yeah. discussion because like what does being alone mean mm-hmm. um you know I I think for a long time I thought oh just like being alone meant like not being in a relationship right you know Mm -hmm. um and I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast but uh I've been on a few hour bound trips Mm -hmm. and did I say this no okay um but I'm uh, saying yeah because I know (laughs) 
but I was on this thing called a solo where you're kind of placed in a certain area. Um, you know, you have food and water, whatever, for a few days. And I think it's like a night and two mm-hmm. days, whatever. And um, <laughs> I just remember being on my, you know, the solos that I've been on. And then being, like, probably some of the most important times I've ever had, like, Mm. ever in my entire life. Mm -hmm. Um, Because not only did I feel so uncomfortable in that, but it helped me become more comfortable in being, quote-unquote, alone. Right. You know, and being a little scared alone in the wilderness, one. (laughs) That's, (laughs) I can't even imagine Oh, I can like hear the animals like in life just living wow. around me. But I think it really helped me get over a lot of those fears of kind of having space for myself. I used to be someone who needed to surround herself with a lot of noise. Mm. I didn't like quiet. Like quiet gave me anxiety. Right. Um and obviously I did a lot of work around that to figure out why exactly that was. But I think when it really comes down to it is that my fear of being alone was my fear of, like, it was just, like, this fear of not being able to, like, you know, it it was my fear of having to think about my own thoughts, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. because that's scary when you're all alone kind of thinking about your own thoughts when you're in high school going through all the things you're going through and having, like, everything be quiet was just this insane thing to me and I didn't like it but the more I did it I was like whoa this is awesome Mm -hmm. and I love this and I feel that I'm able to I really love being alone now Mm -hmm. I love that quiet Mm -hmm. I really do love that space um but yeah I think I think of it less in you know kind of like relationship terms and more in like being alone with my literal self Mm -hmm. but yeah what does that kind of look like for you well I love what you said that you know when you hear the word alone like you just think of not being in a relationship um and it's so interesting so Valentine's Day was last week and I was just telling Hannah Jane I told my mom this too like it, so it was my first Valentine's Day single in, like, four years, and I think it was the best Valentine's Day I've ever had. I love that. And, um, and, and I say that because I was just, like, surrounded by so many people that I love, and I also got the opportunity, like, to be of service to other people. Um, and when I say be of service, like, I mean, you know, be able to jump into action and help somebody and meet somebody where they're at and be able to provide somebody with whatever they need when they're having a hard time. And I got the opportunity to do that um, on Valentine's Day, like after my my home group AA meeting. And I just, it, you know, and then I called somebody else I hadn't talked to in a while in the program. And it was a great conversation you know, I had made plans with another, um, girl in the program and just, you know, to be, I felt so connected to, uh, God, I'm just going to cry. <laughs> I love this. Yeah. this is just like yeah, a crying day. Yes. I love it. Oh, the turn <laughs> No, no it's beautiful. It, yeah, but it was just like, you know, like I went to work and, um, Everybody was, like, just in a good mood, and it was, you know, I had, like, got to see Deja, my cat, and I, yeah, I got to talk to my mom on the phone, like, just everything about the day was so, like, I did not feel alone 
in the slightest. I like, love that. It, it was just like I felt the most loved and connected I had felt in a long time. And it was it was such a cool day to like reflect on that and be like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, I don't I don't have to be in a relationship no. to feel like I'm I'm loved and on all of that. And I love what you were saying, like, because I love my alone time, too. Like, I cannot picture myself not living alone anymore (laughs) it's kind of insane um I love having like that space for myself and um it's just god just what it what a good place it is to be in you know yeah yeah and I I just want to mention because I also had the best Valentine's mm-hmm. Day because I got to do exactly what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to meet this expectation of going to a fancy dinner. And right. that is, like, so not my speed. Yeah. We ordered, like, everything on the menu at this at our favorite dumpling place and then watched the new Criminal Minds. And it was, like, literally <laughs> That's amazing. perfect. That's so you great. know? Yeah, right. And that was, like, exactly what I wanted to do. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. It was amazing. Yep. And then my mom sent me 500 pieces of amazing candy. <laughs> Shout out. We love it. Oh, my gosh. I mean, what could be better? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that... I think Valentine's Day is such a wild day. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. It, it really <laughs> is. Growing up, it was always so interesting because my birthday is a week before Valentine's Day. It's February 7th. And... It, so, like, every birthday party was themed Valentine's Day. <laughs> so, I kind of just, like, grew up being like, ah, this is, like, a day of love. And, like, yeah. you know, it was – so, it was kind of weird. But, um, yeah, I don't I'll say, I, I'll say Valentine's Day and Easter are my two favorite holidays. Not because what? of – Not because of what either of them mean, but because of the candy my mom has sent me throughout my entire life. Like – I'll get little, like, Easter boxes or little Valentine's Day boxes. And they're so cute. I know. It's so cute. What? <laughs> what? My mom kills it. so cute. Um, so those two holidays. I mean, you can. All the other ones are fine. Those whatever. Those are my favorite holidays <laughs> because of the candy I get. I, if you know That's me, you so know cute. I have I know. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So <laughs> Not I'm Halloween, the international yes. candy day, but no. Yes. Um, but back to the fear the topic. of being alone. Back to topic. Sorry. Um, so another thing that I think is important to bring up is kind of the fear um, that surrounds asking for help. Because I know that used to be a huge one for me. Now I'm like asking questions left and right. And I have no issue with it because I know people enjoy, you know, sharing their knowledge. But asking for help for me made me feel like I was a failure before I even began. I felt like mm. I I should know everything, which is literally so insane, right? I mean, yeah. how are we expected to just immediately know everything? We're not. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it just, I don't know, it brings me back to telling little Hannah Jane that, you know, you're not, it's okay to ask right. for help. It's okay. Right. Um, but I think when I was uh, kind of in my relationship with my qualifier, it was really hard to ask for help because I didn't want to like, I didn't want people to see what was happening mm-hmm. because I had cultivated this image of what I wanted people to see mm-hmm. and what they knew. And I didn't want that to look any different. 
I was like, I'm fine if y'all think I'm crazy. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But I didn't want, um, I didn't want their image to be hurt, you know, because I cared and I loved them. And, uh, I didn't want, want, I didn't want to ask for help because it felt like it was me being weak and I didn't want to be perceived as this weak person, which is also kind of a crazy thing that I thought, Mm -hmm. because I know that wasn't true. Mm -hmm. But to me, I was like, well, if I'm asking for help, it's a sign of weakness or it's a sign that I can't do it myself. Mm -hmm. And if I can't solve my own problem, then like, what else, what do I have? You know? Yeah. So I think. Asking for help can be really hard, and I was really scared to kind of let people in mm-hmm. um, because I didn't want people to kind of, you know, see me in this vulnerable state. Right. I was like, no, I'm putting on a strong front. Everything is fine. I'm good. And I felt like I became this kind of just like this angry person because I resented literally everything. Right. Oh, God. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, something that kind of stuck out, what you said was like, you know, I think part of, especially in that sort of situation, like, why asking for help can be hard is because it's like, well, that's like a reflection on me. Yeah. Right? Totally. Like, which is so, yeah. So wild. It is. And and something else, too, I'm just kind of rattling off things that I thought about when you were talking. was um when you do ask somebody for help i think it's it's opening that space for them to be of service and to like give what they're offering like what we were like talking about you know like if i'm asking for you to help me with something like that makes me feel good to be able to help you right yeah or like um very silly example when you were talking about maybe like moving I was like I'll look over your lease for you no that was I'll so read sweet your lease but it was like oh like I'd love to help her with that right because yeah. like I know how to read a lease and like look through it like because of work and and all that but like that right like you letting me help with that you could very easily be like oh no it's fine you know but you like letting me help with that and this is all hypothetical this didn't actually happen <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But, like, you letting me do that, like, that makes me feel good to be able to to be useful and, like, help you in that way. So I think sort of reframing it in that sense of, like, okay, like, me asking for help, like, yes, it is scary, but it's not just about me. You totally. Know? Oh, my God. I love that you said yeah. it's not just about mm-hmm. you. Because it's really not. I think when I started becoming more comfortable asking for help, I it was it was it was yes i like i needed the help mm-hmm. but also i think the people i was asking to help me mm-hmm. were getting a lot from that because right. i was able to be vulnerable with them and they were able to receive my vulnerability right um i also think that help for me has always been just kind of like i don't know i just i haven't really liked it because mm-hmm. I feel like a failure when I ask for help, you know? I'm like, well, I couldn't do it myself, as I was saying. And I think, I don't know, I've I've really, I've always had this kind of mentality of, like, I can do it by myself. I don't need anyone else. Um, Like, there's no I in team, but there is a me. (laughs) I know, crazy, right? Um, 
So it just, it was easier if I could fix the problem, mm-hmm. if I could do this, if I could do that. Right. And, you know, I, I've had a really hard time reaching out to people and asking for that help mm-hmm. or being like, hey, you know what? Like, I'm kind of having a hard time right now. Do you mind if I just kind of vent to you? I, I would like, I kept a lot of things to myself for a long time. And then when I started like opening, you know, myself to asking for help and to being vulnerable with people, I was like, the floodgates mm-hmm. opened. Mm-hmm. Now I think I do overshare a little bit, but, <laughs> um, but hey, you not know. on a podcast, not <laughs> on a podcast. <laughs> oh God. But no, I I'm think, <laughs> but I think asking for help is for me, it has proved so invaluable. I've learned a f- like, what's the, I don't know, like a wealth, wealth of knowledge. I can't think right now, yeah. but you know what I'm trying yeah, to say. Right. You've gained wealth of knowledge. Wealth of knowledge. Okay, so it was right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I've gained so much from other people's wisdom and other people's, you know, like vulnerability. <laughs> 